a disappointing end for our West Tigers in <clears throat> in the preseason. That's a great time for my uh, voice to choke up. A, a great, great ending, a bad ending rather, to the West Tigers preseason. Uh, is it time to panic for West Tigers fans? Uh, will they choke just like my voice just did? We'll find out tonight on the West Life podcast. Note to self, don't have almonds before going live on the air. Welcome into another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are reviewing a, another West Tigers game, and it was a little bit ominous, to say the least, on Saturday night as we went down pretty hard to the Dragons. We'll go through Benji Marshall's comments. We'll go through the whole match in detail, as well as your ratings. And also, uh, Shane Richardson said a few interesting things on the, the official West Tigers podcast, uh, Behind the Raw. We'll go through those as well. Welcome in to everyone joining us live on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, please go and find our YouTube channel and give us a please a subscribe and a like, turn notifications on all that. And also at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow on those socials as well. Righto, over to my fellas, my co-hosts. Let's go to the stats man, Aaron Thompson. How are you this evening, Mr. Thompson? G'day, Josh. G'day, Rob. G'day, everyone who's listening in. Yeah, I'm pretty good tonight. Uh, obviously, a little bit frustrated with what we witnessed on Saturday, but um, it's just a trial. I keep trying to tell myself that, just trying to not... Uh, stress about it too much at this present moment obviously the team's now got three weeks to sort their crap out and uh hopefully be on track ready to rip in in round two robert i'd say this with kindness but you might have been the most pessimistic of the three of us in the off season and i guess it kind of your darkest fears all reared their heads on Saturday night, but I mean, the headline to give away the headline of the show in the first couple of minutes is it time for panicking or just a preseason game? Well, firstly, uh, good day to everyone. Hope you're all well out there. Uh, look, you could, you're entitled to feel however you want to feel. Uh, I wasn't being negative from the sense of looking like not looking forward to the season, I've, I've always been looking forward to the season, but. You've got to be realistic too. Like, well, firstly, as Aaron said, and we said it last week again, it was only a trial. I thought last weekend's trial against New Zealand was awful. And I think it just got hidden by the fact that we actually finished up ahead on the scoreboard, given that New Zealand had three quarters of their team out. We played against 12 men for 50 minutes. I didn't think the first trial was very good at all. Uh, you, you know, Saturday night was just awful, given the fact that we finished last, they finished second last. I didn't think the difference between the team that came 16th and 17th should be so great. So that was disappointing. But, you know, like Aaron said, we've got three weeks to fix it. Um, but, yeah, to expect that we're going to, you know, go from 17th and get make the eight or whatever like that, sure, it's possible. It doesn't matter what you say, what Aaron says, what I say. But we've got new halves. 
We've got a pretty thin back line. We've got technically a brand new coach, even though he was an assistant coach last year. So look, there's there's certainly hurdles and there's certainly challenges. But as a supporter and you know now a member, I, I'm just looking forward to the challenge. And I, I really think a lot of our season is going to depend on how quickly Benji and the coaching team adjust to everything because. I don't think we can play this super-duper simple ABC footy, you know, five tackles, kick to the corners, all that stuff. But, this, you know, maybe maybe what happens Saturday night will help us. Maybe we'll just have to be a little bit more uh, emphasising a little bit more in attack or something like that. We'll, we'll get into all the details shortly, I suppose. Yep. But I, I just think if you're feeling bad about things, you can feel bad. But if you want to take positives out of it, and we'll go through plenty of positives, especially individual players, there were certainly a lot of positives to take in there. But... You know, people have been putting to me on social media. You know, we we beat Canterbury pretty, uh, sorry, Canberra pretty well in a trial at Belmore last year. The year before, we thrashed Manly at Leichhardt, and we still had a bad year. So it could turn out to be the opposite. But I, I just... oh, oh, I think we lost his audio there for a sec. Yeah, Rob, your audio's cut out. Can you hear him, Maz? No, I can't hear him. Yeah, for once, I can, it's not like me. I can, I can he's, see, him, he's, see him talking, but yeah, yeah, I don't think he's. I think he might not be. Yet. He might not be able to hear us. He's. Oh, it looks like a good rant too that he's going on with. Yeah, <laughs> not sure. I don't think he can hear us either. I'm no, gonna, I don't think he can. I'll remove him and then uh, hopefully bring him back. Um. Righto, we're going to play. The some choice of going Benji. live, eh? Yeah, that's that's the thing. We do it live, and uh, we'll see if we can get Rob back uh, back in. Rob, can you hear us? No, no, no. Reset, Roberto. We've got no sound from him. Re- reset, Roberto. But we'll play the Benji clip. Look for positives amongst that. We played a team tonight that just ran harder and tackled harder than us. And sometimes it's that simple. And one thing I didn't think that would question would be um, our attitude around turning up. You know? So um, something, we're lucky it's not round one for us and there's not two points on the line. But if we don't address that, um, we'll be in for a tough season. So, yeah, a little bit of work to do. Yeah. A lot of work to do. So, goal line. To- so, Benji, a bit pessimistic after that one, as. Yeah, understandably so. It uh, He obviously had expectations of what he wanted to get out of the game and they obviously weren't met. Um, I heard him chatting to uh, Hooper, I think it was, on Fox pre-game, um, where he basically said he wanted us to start fast, um, which definitely didn't happen. So obviously a lot of disappointing things to happen from his side as the coach, but uh, he had a fairly honest assessment. Right, we'll go on to the next clip. Bill Health. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's the best thing to come out of that. Um, what I will say is uh, we know where we are and where we stand. And, um, you know, after feeling good last week of coming off the back of beating the Warriors, um, tonight showed I thought where we really are and that we've got a lot of work to do. So three weeks until we play, we need to sort a lot of things out. Mm. What were some of the positives for you then out of the match? I thought you looked pretty sharp in, in, in attack. In um, oh, if I'm being honest, it's a bit disappointing. Um, when you look for positives amongst that. 
uh, yeah, obviously the attack, Aaron, Rob's greatest fear with this team is scoring points. I mean, the defense looked um, like pretty pretty ordinary. It looked good against the Warriors the week before, but the um, look, Rob said he got a bit of intel that they're not really showing their cards in terms of attacking structure and that sort of thing. So, look, do you think they'll come come round two? Will we uh, see a bit of a better attacking performance, and maybe they'll. Uh, Throw a few more things at the Raiders than they did at the Dragons. I hope so. I really hope so. I my thoughts going into or coming out of the trial were we really must be trying to keep something uh, close to our chest because we weren't showing too much, um, particularly in attack. I thought we got off to a fairly decent start in that first game against the Warriors. Obviously, we let in a, a bad try against them early on, but we also scored two fairly quick ones of our own, um, and they they actually looked like they were both pretty solid plays. Obviously there was a short a short ball to Red that um he got through with and then there was that really beautiful piece of play from Appy to Caesar to um Fatape and then sorry. Appy to Sullivan to Fatape to Caesar, which uh I thought worked quite well. Um I thought there's a really solid combination there, but we didn't see any of that um in in the second trial, the tries we mm. did get were pieces of individual brilliance where obviously Jareem, he's an absolute superstar of a kid. He's got a very bright future ahead of him. Um, that try he scored right on half time that kind of got us back into the contest a little bit was a beautiful little piece of play. Rob, I think we've got you back now. We're just talking about Benji's um, look. I mentioned your, your stance basically on the Tigers for the last 12 months is the lack of being able to score points. Do you, and you've got a bit of intel that possibly they're not showing their hand a little bit. Do you think the attack will be a bit more adventurous come round two? Well, you'd like to think so, but uh, look, in typical Wayne Bennett style, I think Benji wanted to build into the season slowly, build our foundation on defence, you know, good kick chase and sort of the attack will come pretty much like all of Bennett's teams, even Bellamy's teams to agree. Generally, their teams get better over, over the few rounds. But from what I saw on Saturday night, I, I still thought being down 24-0 was awful. Like the fact that we went from nil all to 24-0 so quickly was really disappointing. I thought once they got to six or once they got to 12, we'd show a little bit of resilience, but it was just like we didn't care. So our intensity was quite low. But being down 24-0 at half time. I thought, well, you know what, we can't play this grinding sort of style second half if we want to get back into it. So we'll see a bit more, more ball movement, which we did. But that said, I, I found personally watching Caesar trying to run a block shape, even with Dream Buller's try, it was only Galvin that straightened up the play after he got the ball from Caesar. Every time Caesar gets the ball, he runs crabways. You know, he crabs crabs to the side. So I just think we, we don't even run the block plays right. It, the second half... We couldn't really create anything, but at least Bud Sullivan was straightening up a little bit. Uh, Galvin was Galvin was amazing, and and you could see Galvin mm. just demanding the ball. And I, I don't know, like it, it's a real tough one, guys, because obviously from twenty twenty three, Appy Corrissau is our best player, and you'd think anyone who's the coach, whether it's Benji, you or me, we're going to want to build our attack around our best player, which is Appy, and then obviously Jareem Buller, but. Mm. 
on Saturday night, we actually looked better when Appy wasn't on the field. And it's not because Jake Simpkins is a better player than Appy Coruscant. It's just that a good team, the halfback demands the ball. And I just think we had a lot more width when Appy went off the field because suddenly uh, Jake was, you know, throwing these like long cutout passes from dummy half a couple of times. And our, our back line had a bit more width and we had a bit more room and we, and we looked like we could do something. But when you just play that really compressed style, the opposition defence tightens up their defence and you just really can't do too much. So, yeah, of, of course you want Appy. Appy's, you know, you want Appy in that team 80 minutes, really. But I think Appy should be just going his own way every now and then, not like having the attack solely focused around his play. And, and that's, I don't think you can change that after one trial. I, I think we're stuck with that style of we're going to be grinding up the middle, going through Appy, occasionally going out the back, but... I just feel like you're not going to see us go into our playbook unless we're down 12 or 18 points. I just feel like we're going to play a pretty simple style of footy as long as we're either way of, you know, we're within six points of the opposition, whether we're winning or we're losing. So uh, I don't know. It's just, it really depends on how everyone's reacted to what happened the other night. If they think it's just down to intensity, then structure is not going to change. But personally, I'm not a fan of playing it too simply, but, you know, Benji said he's going to play to all the players' strengths. So if we're playing a pretty simple style of footy, then I guess Benji's thinking we're not capable of playing too much sort of backline play or, or some fancy football. So the Canberra game is going to be very, very interesting to see what we throw at them. But you, you can't, as I said last week, we averaged 16 points last year and we conceded 28. And, you know, the top eight, I think the, the top eight teams' average score per game was 24 and their defence was 18 or 19. So basically, we have to be 17 points better per game. Like our defence has to be better by 33%. Our attack has to be better by, you know, 33% to be competitive. And that's just a big ask. It really is a big ask of a new team, new spine, you know, with the new halves and new coaches. It's just... That's why I'm really not that frustrated because I, I'm not expecting too much. I just want to see individual growth and just slight team growth. And I want to see us getting better as the year goes on. I don't want us to get our ass kicked, but at the same time, I don't expect us to look like rock stars, you know, in the first couple of games we play. Right. Our last little clip of Benji here talking about the young halfback that you mentioned there as well. Right? Benji trial, I guess, you know, one really good thing out of that, that I think no injuries. We, we all clean bill of health. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's the best thing to come out of that. Um, what I will say is, uh, we know where we are and where we stand. And, um, you know, after feeling good last week of coming off the back of beating the Warriors, um, tonight showed I thought where we really are and that we've got a lot of work to do. So, Nope, that's the wrong clip. We're on fire tonight. That's right, we'll talk about Lockie Galvin. Nonetheless, I've uploaded the same one twice. Um, yeah, Lockie Galvin, you mentioned him a little bit there, Rob. On my personal Twitter, and I know I mentioned this non-rugby league player a lot, but he did give me a little bit of Nikola Jokic vibes. And, and when I say that, not just because he's my favourite basketballer and possibly one of my favourite athletes of all time, but it's just if anyone does actually watch NBA, and Nikola Jokic basically, he's basically Larry Bird in a seven-foot body. So he's a centre, but basically changing the game because he's a big guy who is arguably like 
the best passer of all time, one of the best passers of all time. And he also has a quick thinking brain where basically he sees things happen before they happen. He just knows in his brain and what's going to happen. And I see that in Lockie uh, Galvin as well. It's just every time he gets the ball, he his brain, his muscle memory for an 18-year-old is just insane. It's just the way he'd throw, he'd get a, catch the ball and get it to the right pass or the timing of his passes, putting people through the holes, the pass he did to Dream uh, for Dream's try. Like he's just, he just has that like magic in his hands and it's just, he's got it, man. He's going to be a superstar. I know we went through this 11 years ago with Luke Brooks, but Luke Brooks scored a nice runaway try, but uh, Lockie Galvin, yeah, he's just – you can just tell you can, he's, a, he's a footy player, man, and he's in a big body as well. So he's not going to be bullied. Even though he's 18, he didn't look like he was bullied or like thrown around out there. He really looked at home in first grade, and he's still playing He's still playing SG ball. Like he's – um, I'm very, very excited about where this kid's going to go. And I hopefully a lot of people when I tweeted out about it were like well, he's probably going to go to the Panthers, probably going to the Roosters. Fingers crossed. Shane Richardson doesn't make the same mistake that previous management did with the Tedesco's and um, all sorts of players that we let go to other clubs. Fingers crossed. We can we've got him for another couple of years yet, and hopefully they can yeah not not uh, sit on their hands and give this kid many more years because he. We need him at this club. He can he can be like Benji and completely change the franchise for the better. Am I overhyping him as? Uh, I wouldn't say you're overhyping hyping him. Um, I think he's an exceptional talent. He played, what was it, four different positions, I think, on Saturday night, and he didn't look out of place in any of them. He had, um, and, I, and I reckon he had a great time out there while he was doing it. So I think he's an exceptional talent. Obviously, he's... Very raw, but you could say that about a lot of the youngsters we have at the club. I wouldn't be surprised if he snagged a potential spot in the team for round two, but I probably wouldn't throw him in just yet personally. Uh, but yeah, I think that the kid has a very bright future ahead of him. We've just got to try and avoid doing the whole, this kid could be the next such and such player because um, that seems to have a habit of um, leading to bitter disappointment for a lot of fan bases. Rob, were your thoughts on the young him a little bit, but any more? It, look, again, it was only a trial, guys, but he couldn't have been more impressive for me. Uh, I put it out on the socials. He's he's basically a young kid that doesn't have any of the scar tissue, you know, on his brain. He doesn't realise, he, you know, we're shit. He doesn't realise we've been a shit team for so <laughs> long. And, it, and it's a lot like those guys. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's like the guys, you know, Benji and Robbie, when they came in in 2003, 2004, they didn't know we were a shit, you know, team. They just came mm. in and played their footy, and that's what Lockie Galvin did the other night. The thing that was most impressive, I know, I know it's just the most basic skill, but the timing of his passes, like he literally mm. just draws it till the last second and, and passes it. And probably your, you know, people don't know NBA, Josh, but if you're trying to use the analogy you're using, I probably would have said Todd Payton as a player. Because Todd Payton was a big body, but he was almost like another halfback. Mm. You know, he, he he could think well, he could pass well. He he had he had one of the smartest brains, and it's proven that he's got one of the smartest brains because he's now made it as a coach. But 
I think Lockie Galvin's got the world at his feet. Uh, and what I did, like, there's only little little things that I don't know if you noticed, but he demands the ball. And I think, again, that was a problem with, with our team the other night. Everything centres around our hooker. And God love him. We've got the best hooker in the game as far as I'm concerned. But you need a halfback or, or one of your halves demanding the ball. If, if Caesar wants it five tackles out of five, then he gets it. If he wants, you know, and then Appy might do his own thing if something's on. But your halfback's got to demand the ball. And you would have noticed late in the game, uh, young uh, Mason scored that try. He, he They went to the other side of the ruck and Mason scored a try. Lockie Galvin was on the other side of the ruck and, like, he just got the shits when he didn't get the ball. Like, he's demanding the ball. And, and you can tell he's a genuine halfback because he wants that ball. He's He's got a plan in his head what he's about to do. And, you know, the fact that it went on the other side of the ruck, it was a bit like, not in a bad way, but it was a bit like when Mitch Moses used to have a bit of a sulk if the ball went to Luke Brooks instead of to him. But it kind of gave me those sort of vibes. So he definitely is keen. He he trusts his own ability. Uh, if Benji's serious about, you know, the trials being a test for who's going to be in first grade, I mean, you've got to think there's, – there's two arguments here. You've got to think he's got to play, but at the same time, we've signed Jaden Sullivan for three years with a fourth-year option – for over 500000 a year, are we going to put someone on that money in reserve grade and not give him first crack? So I think to save face, they probably go with Sullivan just for the fact that, you know, everyone's going to say, well, why the hell did we sign this bloke if we're going to play Caesar and Galvin? We're going to have two kids, Sullivan and Fainu, sitting in reserve grade for on a million bucks a year. That's, you know, 10% of our salary cap. So uh, there's, there's, look, there's that there problems for Benji to sort out and he knows he knows what he wants. And maybe maybe Lockie Galvin's body's not quite ready yet, but if the trials are what you're basing it on, he's he's got to be there. We, he just gave us a lot of spark and he made other players look better too. It's not just him. The players around him look better and and he demanded the ball. He looked like a halfback. Uh, he actually looked like a first receiver, not a second receiver. So mm. it's it's really interesting what Benji's going to do. But I think if you're if you you know good enough, you're old enough. So if, if, and, you know, we don't want to do the same thing we did with Buller and hold him back for eight or ten games. If the kid's ready to go, get him in there. We'll talk more. Talking about halves coming up. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the others as well as young Lockie Galvin. Speaking of great playmakers, Mobile Corp, they are a proud sponsor of the West Life podcast. Uh, in the business in its early days, they were a major sponsor of the Balmain Tigers. As if you're watching on the uh, YouTube stream, you'll see the uh, old jerseys. For all your business IT needs from a cloud-based telephony, security, uh, desktop support, or anything Microsoft, reach out to Mobile Corp through their website, mobilecorp.com.au, and mention you're a listener of the Westlife podcast while you're there. Speak to Stephen, our mate, and his team. If you need some IT help with your business, thank you again to Mobile Cop for jumping on the Westlife podcast again. We've lost him, Aaron. Yep, I was just thinking that because his <laughs> audio went a little bit funky there for a moment. It seems like uh, the universe is trying to tell us something tonight. Uh, you shouldn't go to a new location without trying it. I think I think we've learned that lesson. But um, oh, do we know what he was going to talk about next? Or we just... Uh, oh, here we go. He's coming back in now. We're on fire tonight, boys. We're cursed tonight. But, um... <laughs> no new venues, Josh. No new venues. <laughs> um, you know, did I get all the way to the end 
of yeah, the mobile did, cop. Did. Okay, did, all right, all good, all good. Just as, um, is the irony that we talk about? Maybe they can help out with our uh, IT needs. <laughs> Righto, up uh, up next, we were going to talk about. Let's let's talk a bit more about the house that was going to be one of our topics. As any, we've talked about Lockie Galvin. What are your thoughts on Caesar? Um, and Sullivan and Rob mentioned he thinks Sullivan's on too much money to yeah not be named in the halves. What do you think they'll do for round one, uh, round two? Right, I think they will stick with the Sullivan and Caesar combination at least to start the season. Uh, give it a few weeks at the very least, see how it goes, see um, what we can kind of conjure from. The combination obviously it still hasn't had a lot of time to develop from an attacking standpoint the only worry i have in regards to sullivan in particular is his defense because a lot of those tries that the dragons scored uh went down his side it's obviously why they shifted him uh or swapped his side of the field at some point with caesar and it was it was a little bit of a um a tale of i guess two different sort of aspects of his game i mean his running game, we saw it against us uh, in Magic Round last year. He's got a heck of a running game. He's got a he's got a beautiful ability to step off the foot, and um, he can he can break your ankles uh, close to the line in particular. And I think that's one of the things that is a real advantage of having a player like him in your side. Because um, if he's got a solid kicking game and a very good run game, then obviously it's two different weapons he can throw at an opposition defense and try and try and i guess trick them so i think yeah i think we'll stick with the halves combos that we've been trying um say so far i like what i see um particularly in the first trial they look great second trial not so much but like i said i'm hoping we're just holding our cards close to our chest at the moment right let's get into your player ratings thank you to everyone who submitted uh ratings so for the trial normally do one to ten ratings but for the trial Last week, I only did the uh, top 30 squad players, but I added them all in for this week. So the highest rating, so basically ask everyone to tick in one form or one section players that you thought well. So just tick every player you thought well, played well, and then in the other one, not so well. So the uh, the top scoring player with 93% was Lockie Galvin, who we've already spent a lot of time there. Uh, yeah, obviously, everyone agreeing with us. They're very impressed with Lockie. And I guess with these things, you get marked on a scale. But he was... Rob, would you say he was our best player in the game? Yeah, I'm going to be called a hypocrite here. But, yeah, I, I think he was. But, like, you know, in a photo finish from Kapoa, who's my, you know, I, I've vented a lot of criticism about over the last three years. Mm. So I thought... Thought Kapoa played really, really well, but I, I think it's just, you know, it's not so much the output because obviously Galvin only played what three quarters of the game. Kapoa was on the field the whole game, but even guys like to me, like Alex Lobb, who we'll get onto, like Alex Lobb didn't have many contributions, but everything he does is professional. Mm. Like he, he every like he's literally like batting at a thousand, you know. So he's he's a hundred percent for what he does, and I, I just think even though he didn't do much, everything he did was fantastic, and that's. To me, he was like our third best player, even though he wasn't 
he didn't have the involvement that obviously forwards and other people have. But just I just want to touch on something Aaron said about Sullivan, and and they did change the halves there. Certainly there were breaks coming down that side, but I think it's a bit unfair to put all that on Sullivan because, I mean, literally uh, Moses Suli scored a try through Seifarth and pa- Papali'i, and then Ravalawa went through uh, Papali'i as well. I don't think Sullivan was anywhere near those blokes, and it wasn't even his fault. So I don't think everything should be labelled at Sullivan, but at the same time, I mean, there's definitely concerns about what he's going to bring to the defence, but... You know, I, ju- I just thought some of our first up hitting from our forwards was quite awful. In, in particular, Papa Lee, like just for that to happen on the goal line, you know, people say, well, you know, you try stopping Ravalawa. Well, Jareen Buller stopped Ravalawa from giving him a 20-metre run-up, you know, in Magic Round. So, and, and he's a lot smaller than Papa Lee. So I just, I'm just concerned that maybe the boys were thinking it is a trial and let's get through unscathed and let's start, you know, round two. But you know, it, it certainly it, it was as bad a trial as we really could have had, and I think the thirty-four eighteen scoreline, um, you know, wasn't really reflective of the game. St George killed us, and you know they didn't score another point after Ben Hunt went off, which goes to show how important your halfback is and, and the guy that controls the game. And you know, Ben Hunt scored two tries, and I just think St George would be a totally different team without Ben Hunt, and you know, we're a different team without a strong halfback. So. I hope everyone realises just how important halfbacks are because we haven't had one for, you know, 10 years with the exception of Hastings for a few months. Uh, second highest, not far behind, Jareem Buller with uh, 86% as. Uh, how much of that do you think? Pretty amazing try where you basically ran around the Dragons' fullback, whose name escapes me off the top of my head. How Real much fine. do you think? Yeah, thank you, Sloan. That's the one. Uh, how much as do you reckon that's based on the try? Do you think Jareem had an eight an eight point six rating that would normally translate as? Honestly, um, I th- I think a bit of it probably comes from that try. He ha- he got off to a bit of a shaky start in the game. I feel, um, where but he did settle in as the game progressed, and I think that might be the case of what we see with Jareem particularly in the early rounds, but I'd, I'd say he had a very solid, probably an eight out of 10 game myself, but yeah, um, the try definitely could have contributed to his votes a little bit because it, it was a sensational bit of, bit of um, individual brilliance from him. Uh, after that, the only other players with pass marks, so 62% for Steph, uh, 60% Connor Noons shouts to our Patreon Vanua Pole fan club leader. He got 60.5%. Uh, Alex Lobb, who Rob mentioned, 55.8%. So they're the only... So we've only got, what, one, two, three, four, five players with a pass mark, which is... Look, that that seems pretty fair, Rob. Yeah, look, I, I think, again, I, I don't want to... I'm not being critical of players at all, and I'm not, and and I really don't want to be critical of coaching yet because it's only a trial. But let's be honest: how can you judge Charlie Staines and Junior Tupu when ninety percent of your plays up the middle? Like they're hard. We've hardly seen Charlie Staines in two weeks, okay? And we've hardly seen Junior Tupu. So it's not it's not fair to judge on what they're doing, what they're not doing. I, I did see a couple of things, one in particular with Tupu that really impressed me. And you can tell that there's, I know our defence was awful as a whole, but you can see there's been a lot of thought put into our defence. Obviously, we saw the uh, Kapoa strip 
when or the you know Kapoa and Appy Corusau when when mm. one dropped off and the other one pulled the ball. You could see they've been working on that in the off season. But the one that impressed me the most was when Tupu got uh, caught a ball on the full in goal, which gives us a seven tackle set from the twenty metre line. As soon as he got tackled and the guy was all over him, he instantly popped the ball to um, Jareen Buller, yeah. who, who mm. bolted out to the quarter line. And, and they're, they're the little things that we wouldn't have done last year or the year before. So you can definitely tell we are trying to play smarter. We're, we're, we're trying to be a bit better about things. And, and I know like it doesn't seem like much. And it seems like I'm clutching at straws in a 34-18 to 18 loss. But, but it's an improvement. It's something we wouldn't have seen last year. We would have just seen the bloke hold onto the ball and... You know, even in other games, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, guys. I'm I'm seeing kickoffs where the ball's landing, you know, two inches inside the sideline before it goes out. And I'm thinking, you idiots, put your foot on the sideline and touch the ball. I hope when mm. we receive kickoffs and we and they're touch and go as to whether they're going out or not, that our players have learnt in the off season, put your foot on the line, don't even have to catch the ball, just touch the ball, and maybe you'll get an out on the full. So these are little things. I I think that has been put in there because we saw it on Saturday night and I was quite excited after the first 15 minutes seeing those two moments. And then suddenly we went from nil all to 24 nil. Like, Oh, well, this isn't good, but yeah, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to write, write this team off until it needs writing off. Well, we're going to write some players off maybe here because we're talking about who got voted for not so well. Just saw Connor Nunes, who I mentioned is the, uh, the Fanua Pole fan club member. Four people did downvote Vanilla Pole and he's demanding the, the names of those four people. I'll uh, I'll drop them in the Discord, <laughs> Patreon Discord later for you noons. As you're speaking of Discord, just a reminder, um, you can, if you're watching on the YouTube stream, you can do super chats that we'll do alongside the Patreon um, yeah, Patreon questions and section later in the show. So that's, we uh, got upgraded on our YouTube. Thanks to all all of you supporting us, and yeah, if you want to drop, what was the great one that we had? Our first one about the Rabbitohs on Wednesday. Uh, the South can get rooted or something. That's the one. That's South can get that's rooted. The one, yeah. Hall, Hall of Fame. <laughs> Hall of Fame. We should screenshot it and frame frame that one. Right on to um, yeah, the players that got downvoted. So Jaden Sullivan and Charlie Staines. A bit, as you said, Rob. Bit, probably a bit rough on. Poor Charlie Staines, because I feel like he just I mean he didn't get it. I mean, not getting involved, I guess you can mark down someone, but as Jaden Sullivan, yeah, it was a game of two halves for Jaden Sullivan, I thought. Yeah, um the the tricky thing with a lot of these players, particularly when it comes to downvoting them for not playing poorly or hardly being seen, when you've named a squad of 25 players and you've got unlimited players and you can interchange between all of them you're mm. likely going to get a situation where some players hardly do get cited because they're either not on field for very long in the case of a lot of those guys who came on for the last like 15 or so minutes, or there's chopping and changing here, there and everywhere for one reason or another. So I, it, it is really tricky to, to downvote players, particularly at this stage when, yeah, so many get named, but Sullivan I think he might be one of those rocks and diamonds players. We'll we'll see a really great week mm. from him one week, and we could see a really poor one from him the next. And that I think will be a confidence thing. And he'll the more confidence he gets, the more he builds connections with the squad. I think we'll start to see more more diamonds and less rocks. At, that, at least that's what I'm hoping for. Caesar 
uh, also getting 45%, so a fair amount of people not happy with Aiden Caesar's game. I thought his kicking game looked pretty good, Roberto, but, I mean, the lack of attack, maybe that's the reason why people are downvoting there. I thought Caesar's kicking game was spot on. I, I mm. think Caesar is doing exactly what Benji wants. As I said, my big criticism was just that running sideways on these block yeah. shapes because when you're running sideways, you're just taking the space from your outside men. And so he's got to learn to straighten up that attack if we're going to put some shape on. Uh, and, you know, I I don't – I think on Bud Sullivan, like how he's going to combine with Aiden Caesar, I mean – Clearly, Sullivan's t- playing the second fiddle. Sullivan's not an organising halfback. He's a he's like a brilliant halfback, and not that he's you know a quarter of the player Benji Marshall was. I think it would be very hard for Benji Marshall, the player, to play under Benji Marshall, the coach, uh, given the style that we're playing. So you know, because he, he'd look ordinary. Like Bud Sullivan's an attacking player. As soon as Bud Sullivan made up his mind to run at the line, he was always going to get through that line and pass the ball to Polo. You know, that was that was just going to happen. So I think, you know, Sullivan needs an attacking style that suits him. But for the moment, I think he's trying to blend in. He's just trying to, like, you know, play the game style that Benji wants. I guess he's told if something's on, go for it. But he's really sort of in first gear at the moment. I don't think we've seen the best of him in attack. And if he scores, you know, a try or two every week or sets up a couple of tries, I don't think we could be complaining too much about him missing tackles if he does miss some tackles. But... But, yeah, I, I just don't think our game style suits Sullivan at the moment. But, you know, he's got to learn to adapt to that, um, you know, or it could be a long season for him. Yeah, find, yeah, find those combos. We'll see as the season goes on. I just noticed that Kepa Oa, he's got 13 down votes and 14 up votes. So as uh, people in two minds about Paul Kepa. The thing I think when it comes to players who are – fans who are a bit more, I guess, 50-50 on players having a good game or a bad game. And I think I'll call it the Luke Brooks effect, where we, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of the time the, the good things he did would get drowned out by the poor things he did. Um, and he might have, like, Kepa's sort of similar. He might have a great moment or two great moments in a game, but a lot of the time they get drowned out by the bad moments. And I think a lot of the, the negativity towards Kepa in this game in particular, because I didn't see too much negative from him in this game, probably stems back to how he was only given, uh, or probably stems back to his performance in the first trial and that that first try that was let in by, well, the debate rages on, but most people say him. Uh, might rapid fire a few other players as we go along. For myself, uh, anyone that's, I think Stefano, I don't how many upvotes did he get? So he got, yeah, 27. Um, I think Stefano looks faster. Maybe not faster is the right word. More powerful, fitter. He's in, I think I said it last week's review. I think he's in for a big, big season. He looks very, very impressive. Just the way he's moving at the moment. Uh, whoa, Gussie Harris just dropped us a $10, $10 super chat. Gussie, you are the GOAT. Nice work. Uh, we'll get to that later in the show, though. Love you, Gussie. Uh, anyone else? Appy? Yeah, look, Appy. We don't. Appy will be Appy. We don't really need to be concerned with Appy. Fifty-two percent of people downvoted him, but I think that it's just people are just voting on on a scale there. They expect more from Appy. It's a game that doesn't count, so 
I think he overplayed his hand, Josh. I, I think it can be the other way. It's not that we expect more. I think he tried mm. too hard. I think he yeah, tried maybe. too hard. He, he, he overdid it. He just needs to, you know, shuttle the ball out occasionally. Let let everyone else do their job. You know, not not everything can't be just relying on Appy Corusa. And that, that's not I'm not bagging him. He's he like yeah. can't can't get upset with a bloke for trying his hardest. I'm just sure. saying it. It'd be like Robbie Farah being at dummy half and trying to do mm. something on on every every tackle from one to six. You just yep. don't expect that. You know, your halves, your back line, everyone else has to be involved as well. As any thoughts on the Fainu brothers? Um, Sam, I think, redeemed himself a little bit in my eyes from the first trial. He he ran hard. He had some good hit-ups. Uh, solid in defense as well from his time. Sioni, uh, I... I've got to be honest, I can't remember seeing too much of Sioni, so I, I'm not going to comment on him. Um, And I don't think Latu played, did he? No. No. Oh, no. He, did he play? I don't think so. No. I've got him in the poll, but yeah, he's he didn't play. That's Well, he didn't get down. He got two down votes, even though he didn't play. Sorry, Latu. <laughs> so did so did Justin Matamua. He got three and he didn't play either. Yeah. I, I really should have... Um, it's there's so many is so many players to check. I can't wait till it gets back to seventeen. Makes my life easier. Uh, as Gus, Gussie said earlier, play, it's pretty season at all. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I'll be better when it when it's the one to seventeen. It's much easier. I can do it earlier in the week and get it get it all ready. It's very tough with the trial. With so many, so many players. Um, Rob, anyone else to touch on at all? You've already mentioned Alex Lobb. I think he has to be. I'm sorry, Charlie Staines. I think Tupo and we'll, we'll, when our season preview comes around, we'll have a couple of weeks to talk about who we think should be in the starting side and that sort of thing. But for me, I think Tupo and um, we're going to get Lob City happening. He's got to be there. Yeah, he he knows he knows his role perfectly. He, um, when they when the opposition kicks downfield, he just positions himself well. He knows you know he runs the ball strongly when he gets a, the carry to try and work it out of our half. His attacking ability in the air is amazing. We need that. We, you know, that could be worth 12 points a game potentially. So, mm. you know, if he gets a couple of tries. So I, I think he should be there. Uh, as for whose place they take, well, look, Staines is a speed machine. Tupu wasn't impressive in, against New Zealand. He was okay the other night, but didn't really get many chances. I mean, gee, we had, we had, we missed 30 tackles, but I reckon three of the tackles that our boys made could have made the ESPN top 10. Like they're absolutely crushing tackles. I think one from one from uh, our Tubes. mate from Melbourne. Yeah, one from Tupu, one from mm. Olam, and I think it was the other one. It was, might have been Stafford Tower who who missed a few mm. tackles, but then put a bell on back. someone. Yeah, so there were mm. there were some good tackles there, but yeah, thirty tackles missed compared to St George's twenty was you know not a, not a very good look. And, and especially, oh, you, you're probably you're going to get into the red zone stuff because that that red zone attack was awful. Yeah, as I believe that's your stat. So, look, well, again, for those who are new to the show, when the season happens for real, I'll just like the last couple of seasons, I'll bring up the game stats and that sort of thing. But with so many players and trials are just so, so all over the shop, I'll bring up all the stats, literally steal them from uh, NRL.com and bring them up on the screen if you're watching and we'll talk about game stats. But, the yeah, the games are just so all over the shop. There's not really much point in talking percentages and yardage and all that thing and look for this game it was probably shit comparison anyway let's not really talk about what the west tigers 
were doing there. But what have you got for us? So I asked As to pull out uh, a significant stat to talk about. What have you got for us, stats man? I couldn't actually find the stat I was after, but Rob was. It was what Rob was chatting about before we went on air. Basically, uh, we had a lot more entries into the red zone and obviously therefore a lot more tackles in the red zone uh, than the Dragons did. And we scored, as you know, considerably less points. Um, and that was one of my main concerns, one of Rob's main concerns going into this year. Uh, we struggled a lot when we got to the red zone last year. We had no problem even we had no problem getting there, but once we were there, we didn't know what to do. And it was and it seemed to be the same story on Saturday night. I'll just say we made more run meters than the dragons, not by much, but only just. We made almost 150 more post-contact meters, so we were quite good in that regard, but we did have... That is interesting. But we did have quite a bit more possession than them. But in saying that, like it was just like last year, we had no problem getting into the red zone. We mm. just struggled once we got there, and that was my main concern after, I'd say, probably our second or third attacking set where we didn't really get too much out of it. Again, we've gotten a little bit better with attacking kicks. Um, we forced a couple of dropouts. We were able to get the ball back from them, which was something we didn't do last year. So it seems that there may have been some practice of that in the offseason, which is great. But, uh, yeah, we really need to see more from our boys once they get into the opposition's 20-meter area. Mm. Well, yeah, we, we uh, had something like 50 tackles, Josh, in the red zone. And we scored three tries, and the, the Buller try came from outside the red zone. So we basically mm. scored two tries from the you know approximately fifty tackles. And as you as you said, our, our run meters, I think we just got them in the end. But at one stage, we we're almost two hundred meters behind them. So we'd really we actually really finished hard the last twenty or thirty minutes. We had a lot more ball as soon as Ben Hunt came off. Which, you know, as I said, your, your halves control the game, and St George were a different team as soon as Hunt came off. Uh, I was going to talk, I had sections lined up for those watching on for the halves and who possibly might come into the side, but we might save those conversations for coming weeks. Like I said, we've got uh, a couple of weeks of no no West Tigers footy to talk about. So let's move on and talk about Richo's appearance on the BTR podcast, which dropped on Friday evening. Very weird time to drop a podcast on a Friday. Uh, I think it was like, five o'clock in the afternoon or something that they, they dropped this. But um, nonetheless, the, yeah, created headlines and plenty of interesting things. So let's start with which uh, any any clip thing topic in particular you want to get cracked into? Rob, no, you're shaking his head. All right, we, we've just... got to get into all of them anyway, whatever you've got planned. But, but I do sure think we need to be a lot smarter. Okay, let's start with this I one. think we need to do things in a, in a better way, in a more efficient way. Uh, and I think we've got to be really, really honest with our sponsors, our members, and mm. uh, and everybody in general. And because that's the only way you can improve is that you have a baseline, be honest about it, and and move forward. The second thing I just want to make a point to is that everybody out there who are who's genuinely a supporter of West Tigers, you will hear things from us first. If you hear things from the papers and they write what they want to write, and the, I've been dealing with it for thirty years, so I know all about the journals. I get on with most of them really well. But at the end of the day, they don't know what's going on inside, and they're not going to. Mm. We're not going to be like we were before where everybody knew what's going on before the members did, as we did with Luau. They were told before the announcement mm. was made. 
People were going on about Luau being signed for weeks and weeks before, and it wasn't true. We we de- dealt with that behind the scenes, Benji and I, got the deal mm. done, and then it was announced, and the members mm. got it first. Don't listen to people who want to sway us off the track of what we're trying to do. Mm. Listen to the club because I'll give you this commitment right here and now. We will be honest with you. Mm. Rob, I, I just feel for the uh, for the journos, they, can, they might actually lose a bit of weight with a bit, uh, bit less focaccia and arancini from uh, Grappa Restaurant now. Richo, it doesn't sound like Richo will shout them to too many lunches and not give them, give them too much to uh, play with as well. But it's yeah. uh, very different to what we're used to. I don't think Richo will be getting taking too much advice from journalists and player managers. I can, I can give you that tip. But what I will say is, I think I think journalists in general they're going to keep going on fishing expeditions as long as we're not doing well. So you know, if we're you know had one win out of ten games, they're going to be looking for a story on the coaches, or you know, we're going to get rid of the defensive coach or the attacking coach or the head coach or whatever. So I just think if we can take care of our business on the field then, you know, maybe we can get some more positive stories. But look, good on Richo for wanting to stop all the leaks and, and all the negativity that comes out of there because, you know, not just Richo, but Benji as well, they're trying to build a, a trusting environment there. And if stuff from private meetings amongst themselves are being leaked, and it might, it might not be any of the players, it might just be, you know, one of the players telling his player manager something, and it could be the player manager telling the media or whoever it may be, but... Yeah, we've, we've got to try and stop that that leaking thing. But we had so many leaks at the club that, you know, they didn't know where they were coming from. So, no, good on him for that. Yeah, more leaks than the uh, the toilets at Leichhardt Oval on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Righto, as I'll get your thoughts on Richo's comments here about recruit player recruitment. Clear to everybody out there, we are not a recruitment club. We are a development club. Now, we've got over 9,000 juniors in the club, 9,000. And yet, in our top 17, we, we wouldn't have had one junior. It's wrong. Clubs win premierships when they bring their juniors through. We've got 9,000. South only had three and we had seven or eight in the grand final. Um, Penrith had eight or nine. My point about it is that you do that when you create a pathway for those development kids and don't buy kids into mats and ball Use your own kids, develop them into flag and develop them from flag into second grade. So that's really important. It doesn't mean we won't recruit for the higher grades. Of mm. course we will. We need to fill in gaps. But and, and it's not a matter of waiting a long time to do it. I mean, in my opinion, we've got the best young half in the game coming to the club next year. In my opinion, next year we'll have the best spine in the, in the whole competition. That's my opinion. We've got tough forwards. They'll take the ball forward for us. Good back rowers. You know, probably need to make sure we get better players and outside backs. We've got a champion fullback. There's no reason why we will can't be competitive this year, and we will supplement that with not lots of players, but some players to make a difference. Couple that with bringing through the young players we've got and allowing them time to develop. That's how you build champion clubs. As contrast is to. Justin Pascoe talking in his podcast with uh, James Graham last week where he was basically, I was saying that he was an analytics man. He'd go on numbers and basically try and replicate Brad Pitt in, what's that, is it Moneyball, the baseball movie? Yeah. So he was trying to basically do that. Richo sounds like there's more brains and more football knowledge. He knows how to build a club here. And he is looking at what Penrith's doing and – 
trying to go from there because we do have one of the best junior bases. Obviously, the Magpies side of things, a lot of great kids coming through. Yeah, um, I like everything that Richo said there. Um, he's He's been there and done that. He's done it with Souths. He's done it uh, at another club he went to. I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Penrith. Did yeah, it, it was. A, yeah. It was Penrith, yeah. Um, and it's clear that what Penrith has done has worked. It's worked in, in spades for them. They developed, they took their time, they developed their players, they brought them into grade. They had that one, I guess, down year in 2019 where they finished 10th or 11th or something. They were just below us. But And then they, they came out in 2020 and absolutely killed it. They ended up in a grand final on a, off a 17-game win streak or something along those lines. And they lost that. But then, yeah, now they've come out and they've won three in a row. So what they've done has clearly worked. Um, and they they took their time. They developed their players. Gus Gould said it would be a five-year plan. Granted, the plan took a bit longer than five years to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But it worked. Um, they got to where they did off the back of developing their juniors. And I agree that it's something that could work for us as well. We just need to make sure we've got the right juniors. We get the players from other teams in the positions where we need to supplement and kind of shore up our ranks and then have those players be the role models for the juniors, be um, the the instructors, the teachers, the the helpers um, to develop those players into the players that they have the potential to become. And I think if we get that right, if we choose the right players, which you can start to see we've done that with a couple of the young blokes, like obviously there's Galvin, there's Buller, um, there's a few others. Um, I will disagree with one thing he said uh, in that last year, we probably didn't even have one junior coming through in our top 17. I would say we had at least one, and that would have been Adam Dewey. I'm pretty sure he was a Tigers junior before he went to Souths. Um, so if if he was fit last year, he would have been in our best 17, probably mm. as the number six. And I'd say that we did have at least one junior there. Uh, Rob, I keep thinking if we had had Richo with the uh, big four of 2016, would this have all happened? No, it would, it would have, we would have been in a totally different world. Uh, and I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week, but Shane Richardson said on another podcast, I'm not sure exactly where it was, but he said, if you've got the right players in the right positions coming through, then you don't go by players for that same position. So, you know, imagine, um, you know, like say we had James Tedesco before. Well, that's why we lost Pappenhausen because Pappenhausen thought Tedesco was going to be our fullback for the next God knows how many years, we end up losing both of them. But now, if Jareen Buller proves himself this year that last year wasn't a fluke and he's going to be our fullback for the next 10 years, then if you're a fullback coming through at our club, you're probably not going to get a gig in first grade unless you want to play a different position. We're going to lose those juniors. So, you know, again, we've got, we've got two older back rowers in, you know, sort of Bateman and uh, Papaliti, not, not, not so much old, but getting on the back half of their careers uh, we've got Clemmer, like there's positions there that are available. So the young guys coming through, if we've got a good one coming through, that's who the spots are going to go to. But yeah, if we've got, you know, Sullivan for four years and Fainu for four years and Galvin coming through, then we don't need to go buy halves, do we? Like if we've got Luai as well, we, there's just no need to buy halves. We're actually get, we're probably going to have to lose a half, maybe two halves. 
So, yeah, it just depends on what your roster looks like. But he, that's why I think he's just got rid of that football manager's position and he's really going to be very hands-on with Benji and ultimately the final decision will be Benji, but they'll they'll work together and sort it out. Uh, right, here's Richie talking about membership. Last year, the year before, we we hit 20,000 members. But a lot of those members have been free because they've been junior rugby league players. You want to set a clean slate and just report the members who have put their hand in their pocket, which stands at 7,197. With a target of 10. Uh, See, it's a bit like having a recovering alcoholic. You can't get over it until you actually admit you've got a problem. Now, we've got a problem. We're the lowest membership club, genuinely lowest paying membership club in the in the Sydney area. Let's be honest, we are. Now, there's a whole lot of reasons that what might be and may not be, but we've been declaring 9,000 junior members who don't pay at all, so it's not income to the club. Um, we've been declaring them as to make 20,000. We haven't got 20,000 members. Let's be honest about what we got because we need you mm. to become a member of this club. In whatever capacity it is, you need to become – and membership has got nothing to do with just buying a ticket to the game, a season ticket to the game. It's about the family that you want to be involved with, the family of West Tigers, from the players through the coaching staff, the administration, stakeholders, but most importantly, the members. Now, if we can grow that membership for every 5,000 with the average of member pays overall, for every 5,000 people, we get another three quarters of a million dollars with a member dollars in. At the end of the day, it's about the dollars coming in mm. and people paying to become a member and feeling that they're part of the West Tigers family. And that's what we are. We're a family. Now, at the moment, we've only got 7,000 people today mm-hmm. paying for that role. We want to get 10,000 by the end of the season, uh, which would be good. But to sit there and say we've got 20,000 members when mm-hmm. 9,000 of them are just kids, and I love the kids and their junior membership and they pay their clubs, and fine, mm-hmm. but let's be real about what membership we've got. Mm-hmm. If you're a sponsor or otherwise, we need to grow that membership to a level which we can actually then utilise to grow our merchandise, to grow our corporate side, to grow everything. So let's be real about we're, we're shooting for 10000 We need people out there to put their money in now to help us to get that 10000 So, yeah, go to westtigers.com.au, sign up, become a member if you haven't for this year. As this number fudging by previous management is, yeah, basically the headline that's come out of this, it's uh, – Pretty damning. Yeah, to me, this was a massive slap in the face. I did not expect to hear this when I tuned into this episode of the podcast um, because it seems for so long like our membership numbers have been on the up. We've got people jumping on board and then we see, obviously, what happened at the back end of last year with uh, B1 and B2 being shown the door and so many people all over Twitter, X, Facebook, whatever you want to call any social media site uh, saying, I'm going to renew my membership now. And obviously a lot of them going and doing it. Rob, for example, uh, renewing his membership after or restarting his membership after the sackings and Shane renewing his membership and even his sponsorship. And that it looked like we were on the up and moving upwards and trending in the right direction could potentially get back up over that 20,000 number again this year, but to be told this, um, that sketchy things were going on behind the scenes and with the number fudging, it it just, it sucks. This club deserves a lot more support than what it's getting. Obviously, maybe not from an on-field results 
perspective, as of recent years, obviously the 12-year drought for finals is pretty damning in itself as well. But we do have such a massive catchment area from where our supporters could be located. Um, there are so many people out there who have s- stuck by the club and um, will be there for the good days. And it, it's just really sad to hear that things haven't been as honest as they should have been in recent times. Rob, we'll get to – I'll get your thoughts on this. I'll play the other clip about membership that Richard played, and I'll get your thoughts on both of these. If you're a, if somebody comes up to me and says, uh, ask me about, oh, what, what about the team? And I'll say, the first thing I'm going to say to you, and I mean it, and I did it at South, mm. where we've got 32,000 members and $4.8 million in income. I will say to you, are you a member? What's your membership number? And if they can't tell me the membership number, I don't want to talk to you. So if you're a member, you've got every right to ask me any question you want, any time you want, because you're paying to be a part mm. of our family. You want to be a mad fan and talk about over here and get on podcasts mm. and doing all this. Big deal. I don't care. I'm not going to talk to you about it because at the end of the day, the people I talk to are the stakeholders, that is the members, the board, not not just Tom, Dick and Harry out in the marketplace. So mm. it's really important to understand that's what it's, what it's about. There's bloody people on their podcasts. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on this whole membership thing with Richo? Obviously, you got an SMS from Lee saying something very similar to that, that he won't talk to, and he got absolutely hammered for saying he won't listen to non-members. Now, Richo saying it, if it's got a few people offside. Well, firstly, thanks to Richo for the shout-out, even though he didn't mention my name about the mad fan on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, look, i that's the one part I, I don't agree with, and I'm only saying this from a few, only literally a handful of people that have messaged me saying that they can't afford memberships. And if you're smart with the numbers, you know, obviously it's roughly 150 bucks a person based on the, the numbers that he's alluding to. Uh, so I, I don't think you should be made to feel that you're not part of the club if you're not a member. I accept he's trying to drive membership, uh, but I, I do like the honesty in in that they're saying what our real numbers are and what bothers me about the previous management, there would have been nothing wrong with wh- whoever wanted to gloat about the figures saying we've got 20,000 members and 9,000 of them are junior memberships. And, and that at least would have been honest, but we've been under the illusion that we had 20,000 members for so long, and as you said, I got that message from Hadja Pentelis basically saying, well, you know, if you're, I'll, I'll listen to members, I won't listen to you, uh, blah, blah, blah. I, I just think that whole thing from last year. And, and look, even even the numbers still don't add up to me because I'm sure we've got at least 500 new members. And if there were 9,000 juniors and we were just over 7,000, you can't tell me 4,000 people have dropped off being members from the West Tigers. Like, obviously, mm. the other memberships were... Cats, dogs, budgerigars, you know, <laughs> whatever. Like, there's no way, like, that, that doesn't add up because from 7,000 to 20,000, there's 13,000 memberships that are different. But, look, there, there are some people that genuinely can't become members and, and I feel bad for those people. But ultimately, I think Richo's uh, message there is just more about get on board, be a member, whatever type of membership it is, and there, and there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah, I, I don't think people should feel ostracised or or left out if they can't afford, you know, because some people might have the choice of either buying a jersey or a cap 
or a mm. scarf or whatever the case may be. And they'd rather get a jersey than get a token membership where they can't even get a ticket to the game. So I, I'm, I, I think that's just a little bit harsh, but I get where Richo's coming from. Yeah, and you don't even get a voucher towards merch anymore. It's only that specialist store. So, yeah, I think you've got to listen to, as a business, you want to listen to people who aren't customers and understand why they're not customers and sit down and listen to why they're not buying a membership. And, yeah, like you said, is it cost? Is it uh, a lot of people replied and said they want the team to perform better before they jump back on board as well so everyone's got their reasons so if you want to sell more memberships it's yeah more than just putting a plea out there you got to speak to people and ask ask why and like you said yeah the cost of living at the moment is ridiculous and yeah not everyone can prioritize uh yeah a west tigers membership like eight, what would you say eight thousand people I think I think it's I think it's up even from that interview because he said seven thousand one hundred and something, and then on the project ten k that they put out today, I think we're already closer to seven thousand three hundred, maybe seven thousand two hundred and nineteen or something. I can't mm. I can't remember exactly, but again, like he's saying, what are the reasons? And I'm not blowing sunshine up your ass or or Aaron, especially Aaron, like with, with the travelling that he used to have to do. But yeah. how any how anyone was a member really like forget family forget whatever how anyone was a member when you had a failing team on the field you had we weren't getting looked after at Leichhardt we weren't getting looked after at Campbelltown we we had leaders that weren't really good leaders they, there's poor leadership there's poor trust it was just you know you're, you're with us or against us I just think the whole club wasn't worth supporting and I think I think now Richo's trying to build proper foundations for the club to be successful he's he's had to strip everything down because what was there before was crap it was it wasn't good foundations he's stripping it all down and he's rebuilding and and i like he's maybe a bit harsh with what he's saying about people that aren't members and and i think i still think that part of it's wrong but we've this is going to be a long process guys this this in terms of on-field success we're probably not going to get on-field success till 2026 you know, that until then, I'm just going to enjoy the rebuild. And the best part about what Richo is doing, he's giving Benji and the players every chance to succeed. And guys like the three of us, we can't say, oh, well, they're not succeeding because we've got shit management. Okay, we've got good management now, especially with Richo there. He's going to set a pathway. He's got a plan. Apparently, I think it was... That he did he say it was going to the board maybe on March the 10th or something in that mm. podcast uh, thereabouts? So... They've got a plan in place, and we just need we just need you know the coach to get his act together and get the players on board and and get some on field success. And and if all that part is right, and we're getting proper entertainment at the game, or if we're going to a game at Leichhardt and Campbelltown, we might actually get one or two you know a New South Wales Cup game or a women's game or a junior game or something ahead of it instead of having an eight o'clock game on Friday night like we had last year against Canberra with no game before it. Like you're not getting any value for money. You're not getting any mm. entertainment. You're not getting anything. So give us something to want to be a member for. And, and I'm sure Richo's going to do all that. But he just, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And he's and he's been with us for a couple of months. So we're just going to have to give him time because I actually think he's achieved a hell of a lot more uh, already in this short time than anyone could have. So it's, mm. there's a lot of fixing to be done. To be done. And, you know, we're sick of hearing it, but we've just got to be patient. Absolutely. Uh, around the league, won't look. I've got the scores there, but we're running running a little bit over. I don't want to 
dwell on any other NRL uh, scores that happen in, in, in trials. They don't really matter. But we'll when it comes to the season proper, we'll do our tips and we'll talk about elsewhere in the league a little bit and have our opposition uh, fan for whatever team we're playing that week as well. So uh, it, just quickly, guys, anything else in any other game that stood out for you guys? Uh, of the other games, I no, I, I, I think a couple of teams are a little bit below form uh, from what we're used to from last year. But again, they're only trials, guys. Let's just see what what comes out in the real real games. You know, St George were quite awful against South, you know, the week before, and they played great against us. Uh, I think one thing that's from our point of view, guys, what's really damning for us is our New South Wales Cup team lost fifty eight to six. So it was a really, really bad weekend all around. So we, we've got a lot of work to do in our own backyard before we worry about other teams. As people go to lower grades, anything that stood out for you in the other seven games? Uh, mainly the Warriors. I think a lot of people are expecting the Warriors to do what the Cowboys did um, last year after their sensational 2021 campaign. 20, no, 2022 campaign. Um, and... I just liked what I saw from the Warriors. They looked crisp. They looked sharp. Obviously, they they slacked off a little bit and let the Dolphins back into that game. But, yeah, I don't think we've got to worry about the Warriors slipping away. I think they could potentially be one of those teams that are that are up there in the end too. But also, how good was Fiji for those watching the game or who, for those who did watch mm. the game between the Storm and the Knights? That was – the atmosphere was great. I love that they put on a little welcoming for both teams at the start of the game. I think there needs to be more international footy, um, whether they play the Pacific Challenge there, a couple of games in the Pacific Challenge there at the end of the year. I just think Fiji deserves more footy. They love it up there. I went to Fiji. Obviously, but those who are listening, when we lost to the Cowboys by 70-odd, uh, whatever it was, I was sitting at a bar in at my hotel in Fiji watching that game. But we did actually go out to... A local footy it was a women's a women's uh, matches and yeah man it's 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 a cool experience what a great the best people uh, on the planet just Fiji's amazing country and yeah I definitely back everything you just said there as righto onto our juniors and lower grades for the West and Balmain side of things. In Harold Matts, the Balmain Tigers went down 38-16, to 16, uh, while the Magpies got up 40-12 to 12 over the Bears. SG Ball, uh, pretty similar uh, yeah, to the to the Harold Matts. So the Balmain Tigers got pretty convincingly beaten by the Storm, 28-10, while the Magpies put 48 on the Bears, 48-6 in that one with a few. They're looking good. The Maggies in the juniors, they're second in Harold Matz and uh, six in SG Ball, while Balmain Tigers are last and second last. So a really, yeah, one side of the uh, the merger kind of holding up the, the weight for the uh, the juniors there. On the girls' side of things, Tasha Gale, West Tigers got the win in both games. So the Tasha Gale girls won 24-10 and then Lisa Fiola, they won 44 to nil. So, uh, yeah, the poor North Sydney Bears getting beaten four times by uh, the uh, the West sides uh, out 
yeah, over the weekend in Tashigal, we are 10th and Lisa Fiola girls, they're doing well there in third place. So the uh, the younger girls, they're flying the flag nicely in the Laurie Daly development. MacArthur West Tigers lost 32-10 and in uh, Andrew John's Cup, they lost 16-10, both to the Monero, Monero uh, Colts. I think we discussed this last year. I think it's Monero. Yeah. The cars Monaro. are Monaro, but the suburbs are Monero, which uh, <laughs> is a holding nut that doesn't sound right to me. But anyway, um, just a shout out to everyone. So as I've mentioned a couple of times, there's a couple of weeks of no West Tigers footy prediction survey. We would do that on Wednesday. So be sure, look on our socials, uh, go to westtigers.com.au, drop the S in westtigers.com.au. And they'll send you to our link tree or the link in our Instagram and Twitter profiles. And there is a link there for our prediction survey. It's a lot of fun. Please, the more entries we get into that, the better the data is because, it's, yeah, we get more variety and that sort of thing and more fun to take part. So be sure, fill in the Google form, tell us what you think, tell us your predictions. And there's a section where you can give us a random prediction. We'll read the best ones on the show uh shouts to our patreon so we'll get to our patreon and our super chats for the night so let's see what uh i saw mr sammy g look we're running late it's a big rant in here i'll just get the last part it's of a good one though, josh it's a good one he's very on point okay let me have a drink of water and i'll uh i'll get into sammy's <laughs> well do you, do you want me to take over yeah, you, you go, as. You go, as. Yeah, you go, <laughs> go as. You go as. You've got it All open right. there. I, go. I do, yep. A few thoughts for the season based on two trials. One, our attack is pedestrian. We will struggle to score points again this year unless we start running straighter and with genuine options. Two, outside backs remain our biggest problem. Not much to gain with Tupo in the team. I think Lob deserves a start and hopefully we can score a few tries off kicks. Three, Papali'i is giving off massive Adam Blair vibes. He got run over the top of twice for tries. Four, Simkin is solid at hooker, but won't get us off the bottom of the table. Talon De Silva needs to be the bench hooker. Five, Galvin looks every part the first grader. Whether he plays at six or can play 13, he needs to be in the team. And six, our leaders need to step up with such an inexperienced team. If players like Appy and Bateman don't leave from the front, then we can kiss Benji's standard goodbye. Yes, uh, yes, local... yes, 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 yes. Uh, local Looney, he said, only C Farf could make me want Kepoa to start on an edge just so we don't have to see him in the <laughs> side. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> bit, uh, bit rough on Big He follows us on Instagram. I like You've got to appreciate the humor, though. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. If you can't laugh at yourself. Um, <laughs> Shane, he said, the sooner. The sooner we forget tonight's trial, the better. We offered very little in attack and looked clunky, similar to the past two years. We gave Saints too many metres while defending. It was like watching men play boys. The positives, Galvin and Lob. Lob has to be there round one. Bring on round one. Well, he won't be there round one because we're at the bye, but round two, 100% agree there. Shane, and shouts to all of our Patreons. And let's go. Gussie dropped us a big, fat $10 tip in the uh, super chat tonight he said love you lads thanks for the potty over the years asua kepa o up with a breakout year um look i like loved half of that one gussie or agreed with <laughs> half half of that have a guess which half 
It is, but Gussie, number one Gussie fan of, of the love. show. He's a Patreon, so he pays us on the Patreon. He's thrown us another 10 bucks here as well. And, yeah, check out Gussie's YouTube channel uh, as well. He did put up a song. Uh, he did he did the collaboration with me on our YouTube channel, and he did something the other day as well, but they pulled it down because it had uh, the NRL got it pulled down because it had NRL highlights in it. So poor Gussie. Um, but, yeah, love you, Gussie. Thank you for your support. Could not uh, get a bigger bigger fan and supporter of the show. Right, as I said, next episode, Wednesday night, will be our predictions. Please, yeah, go to... Uh, yeah, to our links and submit your form. So we'll have plenty to talk about for that episode. And then, yeah, then it's next week. We're leading into the footy starting for real. But uh, yeah, two weeks of, well, yeah, two weeks of no, well, I guess the Wednesday will be a preview show. And we'll, on the Monday show, we'll be able to have eight NRL games to review as well. So we'll have plenty to talk about in the next couple of weeks, but we might, yeah, do some uh, questions and that sort of thing, find find things to talk about in the coming weeks as well. Thank you to literally the hundreds of you tuning in on the stream tonight. Apologies for, uh, look, we came out like the West Tigers did on Saturday night. It was a bit clunky and a bit, uh, yeah, unprofessional, but I think, boys, we, like in the second half when, Lockie Galvin was on fire. I think we brought it back a little bit. I think we need Mobile Corp to help us out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> call uh, Stephen, if you're listening, go. Help. Yeah. Help. <laughs> Best way to get a sponsor plug in, actually have a problem that requires the sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, on that point, if anyone would like to sponsor the show leading into the season, podcast at westlife.com. Uh Big thank you to the thousands of listeners every single week. Love yous all. And fellas, anything else before we say goodnight to Big Dog? And I say goodnight to Taylor Swift, who's been in my ear literally down the road from my house for four nights in a row. Shouts to all the Swifties out there, but it will be nice to have less traffic around my area in the uh, in the coming days. Yeah, like I just hope everyone tunes in Wednesday night. We're going to obviously do our predictions and our top eight. And I think personally, I've got a couple of big surprises, and I think I think I'm going to be on the mark with these uh, pretty hot takes for top eight. Who gets in there and who misses? Uh, obviously, we're going to be doing the Rob Rob Sardamas tips as well. And we got two out of three winners on Saturday, by the way. And I'm saying mm-hmm. the other horse came uh, second, so we had a pretty good week there. Um, yep. But look, just on the footy side, with everyone who's feeling sort of dumb and gloomy and, you know, thinking it's it's all going to be, you know, look, we might finish last and I'm, I'm actually, I don't think we're going to do much better than last, but defence is an attitude and the players know that. It's an old saying, our defence is going to show up against Canberra. I've got no issues that we'll, we'll be there mentally, physically, whatever. It's just the attack. I just don't think you can click a switch with the attack. I think we've got three weeks to work on our attack. It's got to be done properly. It's got to be done technically. I just don't think this bash and barge, kick to the corner shoot, scoring six or 12 points a game's going to work for us. We've, we've got to find some points in attack, but I, I know the defence is going to come good because that's just a mental thing, and that, that can be fixed in, in one game. Right, As any any parting words? Oh, I just want to add in a big thank you to Gussie as well for that crisp tenor earlier. Um, yeah, I just want to tell the fans as well to 
keep the chins up. I'm trying to do the same. Um, obviously, last year and the year before that were pretty down years. But I do think that even though if, even though we may have a clunky start to the season, that things will get better as the year goes on. Just got to keep the faith, keep believing. Uh, good things are coming for this Tigers team. We will get there eventually. And, uh, yeah, also enjoy the games in Vegas this weekend. I'm very interested to see how they go and could be a bit of fun there. So yep. bring on the season. Round one week. Fever. Round one part Fever. one. Fever Las Vegas. Righto. As always, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Mm-hmm.